Portraiter of the Year, Jason Wilby. I'm not in a mood for drama with my Jason. Why are you always trying to stir stuff up, Jason? Is on Rutledge and Hamilton. I don't know if I will go as far as you will. With Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. <laughs> All right, boys. All right. Be good. <laughs> Presented by Coors Light. Rutledge and Hamilton, live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Get to the show, 844-770-3776. This is jamming Matt Hamilton, or is it just me? Is that loud? Ryan likes to bump. Ryan was just bumping some cool tunes. Look, we have Jason Worley on, guys. I'm just excited, all right? Yeah, Crank it up. your hero, bro. All right, we got uh, Jason Wildey joining the show, and... Uh, Jason, we'll start with, it looks like a Packer player broke some news with Emmanuel Wilson. I, I don't know what social media outlet he put it on, but he Instagram. posted that he has made the 53. So, uh, Jason, how you doing? And we'll start with, uh, are you surprised about Emmanuel Wilson making the team? Uh, I am, and I'm doing well. Uh, I would like to say that I thought it was really cute that, uh, that Ryan Wollersheim thought, well, Hey, we'll have you come on at three fifteen instead of your regular time, because then you can talk about all the Packers' cuts that have been made. Uh, clearly, he has no idea that the Packers are one of the absolute worst <laughs> when it comes to this. Uh, I, one of my colleagues—I won't mention their name—but they keep track of every year when they announce the cuts. And Ryan was right; the deadline is three o'clock, so. We're eight minutes away from the actual deadline. One year, they announced their cuts at 7.08. Uh, <laughs> last year, it was early. They did it at 6.38. Uh, the one year with Goody in charge where they were really nice and early was during COVID when they announced them at 4.38, which is still 98 minutes after the deadline. So God bless them. Uh, if, if I have a list of... Uh, All the cuts in my inbox at 3.05, I will call back to this program and (laughs) rejoin you, but I I don't think that's going to be the case. Are they the worst in the league at that? What is the point of a deadline (laughs) if it's never met? Yeah. You know how to to take the reservation. (laughs) You know how to hold the reservation. Which is the most important part of the reservation. (laughs) Yeah. The holding, yes, exactly. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'll be honest. Um, I, I don't care either way. It, they, whatever they want to do is fine. But that's the. You know, there's other teams that have already made their cuts and announced them, even though the deadline's not till three o'clock. Like, I, I don't know what they're what they think the competitive advantage is, but because everyone gets access, here's the part that doesn't make sense. Everyone gets access to the waiver wire right away, so all 32 teams find out all at the same time about the cuts. So once the deadline's passed, I can understand not putting it out there early, you know, before the deadline arrives. I can understand that reasoning, but beyond that, I don't get it. But to your point, Jim, I'll, I'll stop bellyaching. <laughs> um, two, two guys announcing they're making the 53. Malik Heath, who Ooh. made it and announced that on his Instagram, but that was not a surprise at all. Uh, Brenton Cox also making it as another undrafted free agent, and I wasn't surprised by that either. He was one of two guys 
Heath being the other, that both would have been drafted had they been not had they not been complete knuckleheads in college and done a bunch of stupid stuff. So those were not surprising. The the Emmanuel Wilson one, we were told over and over and over again that the number three running back job is predicated on playing special teams and being able to pass protect. And Emmanuel Wilson was very productive in preseason, but I thought that had earned him a spot on the practice squad. I am legitimately surprised that they kept him on the 53. And Jason, we are chuckling because we played a game last segment where we asked Matt Hamilton, was a player a Packer or a Badger? In what position? A Packer on the bubble? Like a cut uh, cut line Packer or a Badger? And we also asked what position uh, they played. What was your answer to Cox? Uh, I said that's a lineman's name. <laughs> so I said and, D lineman. For the Badgers. For the Badgers. Yeah. So he was 100% <laughs> wrong on that. That's why we were, we were chuckling in the game. Is this a form? Well, now I should know because apparently know. he's going to be on the team. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yes. So lear- learn your roster, Hamilton. Yeah. I'm going to study the roster. Uh, at- in, fairness, in fairness to you, I would not have done well on Badgers. Like, I'm still learning the Badgers roster. Like with the transfer portal and everything else, like, and no preseason games to have watched leading into the opener, like I don't, I don't have a good handle on this roster at all, and so I, I, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna crush you for that. <laughs> Tyrell Ford, Tyrell Ford, Badger Packer, Packer, hundred percent. Jonathan Ford, also Packer, Badger Packer, also Packer. Ru- Rudy Ford. <laughs> Badger Packer. Also Packer. <laughs> Gerald Ford. <laughs> no, President. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Wolverine. I think you went to Michigan. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Matt, you got a question here? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Or you just we, want to be quizzed. Well, we kind of ripped through a, uh, a couple of I was curious who your, your biggest surprise was, but you said the biggest so surprise. So I, I can ask. So Pat Aldano was – it's a small thing, but I, oh. I think I saw your – your cohort, Rob Domofsky, put out that the, O'Donnell was the main holder for Carlson. And, Jason, it's just another small thing yeah. for me where the Packers are just saying, we're going to go young, and wherever the small little places in the margins we could get victories, that doesn't matter. We're just going to go right. with the young guys. And that was just another small yep. thing. Does that, it sounds like you agree with me on that then. Totally agree with you on that. And, and look, I, again, I, I really like Pat O'Donnell. Uh, I, I used this anecdote in my story in the State Journal this morning. Uh, I, I, I called myself, because I don't have any interest in mentioning myself in stories, but this was Jermaine, uh, a, a longtime observer, is what <laughs> I called myself. So I wouldn't call myself by name. But I said, early on in camp, a longtime observer uh, interacted with Pat O'Donnell. And, and uh, I, I'm going to drop the long time because I can't talk like that anymore. So I went over to his locker and I was like, hey, I'm glad to see you're here. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you're over 30. And it appears that Brian Gutekunst doesn't want anybody on his team that's over 30. He's like, wait, are you trying to get rid of me? I'm like, hey, I ain't trying to get rid of you. I like you. But I'm just telling you that Brian Gutekunst doesn't seem to want guys that are of your age. I said, there's four of you on the team and you're the oldest one. The other three are Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell and David Bakhtiari. I said, I hope you're here, but I think he's going to look for every reason possible to give the job to the young guy, Daniel Whelan. And lo and behold, a month later, that's exactly what happened. And I'm not proud of that. I'm not bragging about Mm -hmm. that. 
I'm telling you that that's exactly what this football team is doing. That's the kind of stuff. Because Daniel Whelan does not have extensive experience holding, especially not in the NFL. But if you go back and look at his the misses that Carlson had, look, Carlson missed kicks with both of them. It's not like he only missed kicks when Daniel Whelan was holding. But uh, if you give me a choice between a guy who's done it in the league for a decade or a guy who was at – you know, he was the the first team all XFL punter. Uh, I'm taking the guy that's done it in the league for ten years, especially when I gave him six hundred fifty million, six hundred fifty thousand dollars in a roster bonus in the spring, and I just ate that now. So I, I just I don't get it. I don't. I, I I mean I do. I get exactly what they're doing. I know what they're doing. They want to do it this way. They have every right to do it this way. God bless them for doing it this way. I hope for their sake it's successful. But to me, you know, and, and look, I said this to Tausch this morning. We saw Anders Carlson kick a 57-yard field goal at the end of the half against Seattle. He could very well do that at Soldier Field to win the game on September 10th. But I at least know what Mason Crosby has done in the NFL. And if you're telling me that you are so focused on getting through growing pains and getting guys experience so they can grow and be championship-level players in a year or two years or three years, then you clearly don't care about whether or not Jordan Love drives you into field goal range against the Bears in the closing seconds, and on comes Anders Carlson for a 48-yard field goal with Daniel Whelan holding a kick that I think 95 out of 100 times Mason Crosby will make with Pat O'Donnell holding for him instead of Corey Bajorquez and all the train wreck they had two years ago with their operation. You're telling me that if it goes through, great. We'll be happy that we won. But if it doesn't go through, we're okay with that. That's the messaging here. And so, again, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. But I would argue that when – Jordan Love leads you to a game-winning field goal opportunity against the Bears, and the kicker makes it, it's a lot different than if he does the exact same thing as the quarterback and the kicker misses it. Because, yes, you can take the moral victory of, well, hey, he had us in position, but Aaron Rodgers had the 2008 Packers in position to win a bunch of those eight games that they uh, were decided by one score. They ended up winning one out of those eight, and that's how you end up at six and ten. And I would argue that the best case scenario here is to have a few veteran players that can do the things that help you win games, as you put it, Jim, in the margins. And then suddenly, holy crap, instead of a six and eleven team, you're a nine and eight team and you're sneaking into the playoffs, and even though you get your asses kicked by the two seed on the road, you already have had in a year where you were rebuilding your young players all got to experience a playoff game for the first time. So in a league where three, four, five plays a game decide things, um, maybe they'll all go the Packers' way like they did for the Vikings last year. But I doubt that they will. And so this is going to be – there are going to be some ups and downs. You can be optimistic as a fan all you want, but uh, if you want somebody to ruin that, either talk to me because Stroke has experienced that. (laughs) Or, or talk to Jim Rutledge, who's been a Bears fan and had his optimism shattered plenty of times. Look, I saw what Chicago Chicago's 0-8 last year in one-score games. They did it to a more extreme version of what the Packers are doing, but they just said, we're just playing the young guys, and 
whatever happens, happens. Yeah. As long as the players we want to flash, flash, we'll live with the consequences. I don't think the Packers are going to win three. Last thing, Wildy, real quick. You want to react to this. The Colts, uh, you know, you're a Badger, Jonathan Taylor, former Badger. They are not trading Jordan Taylor. They're saying, or Jonathan Taylor, they said they did not get a fair value offer for him, and they're going to put him on the pup list. So that's getting borderline beyond toxic in Indianapolis. But he is now a Colt, and he will not play for the first, uh, what, four games of the year now. Yeah, and I saw Melvin Gordon was yep. released today, too. And um, look, look, mama, don't let your babies grow up to be running backs. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I am always pro player because I'm not going to root for the billionaires. <laughs> I would rather root for the millionaires. Um, but Jonathan Taylor saw what happened to Saquon Barkley, saw what happened to Josh Jacobs, saw what happened to Tony Pollard and on down the line. And he's trying to be proactive to at least get what he can get before he's in their same situation. And I applaud him for that. Uh, I don't. I'm not really a big Jim Ursay fan, uh, but he had a limited hand of cards. Right? He's playing the hand he's dealt, but I don't think it's a winning hand because what just happened is exactly what they're capable of doing. Well, forget it then. Right? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll just keep you, and that doesn't help anybody. Now maybe. Maybe that position softens by the trade deadline or whatever else, or maybe they want to continue to. Maybe they want to lose a bunch and and get a bunch of picks next year, kind of like the Bears did. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, if you're a running back, man, you're you're just you're in a no-win situation. They're going to use you and chew you up and spit you out. And God bless JT for trying to do more, but as we've seen, it didn't really work to this point. Jason, we look forward to talking next week. Enjoy the uh, Labor Day holiday. <laughs> and your late well, email me, coming uh, tonight. Uh, yes. Yeah, wait, wait. Yeah, before you go, let me just quick check my email here. Let me uh, <laughs> let me see. Uh, no, nothing from the Packers on uh, announcing their cuts. I, I know, but it's past the deadline. I know that's surprising. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe maybe it's just slow loading. Maybe it'll load after I hang up. All yeah. right, guys. All right. Call us back when you get it. Good. All right. That was Jason Wildey. Listen to him. Wildey and Tausch. 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.